0: There are Sundays when the lectionary readings seem to have more of a connection than at other times. This Sunday, the readings complement one another more than at most other times. I've excerpted and in some places paraphrased a few of the passages that I'd like to weave into this morning's comments. From Psalm 130, out of the depths I cry to you. So I wait for you, Yahweh, my soul waits. God will deliver Israel from all of its failings. And then from Ephesians, let's have no more lies, stealing. Say only what will give grace to your listeners. Try to imitate God as beloved children. And then from John, we are all part of the same loaf of bread all part of the rushing waters of life. They have been given to us by God as witnessed and demonstrated by the special gifts God and Jesus and Spirit make available to us all. You see me and don't believe. I am here not to do my will, but to do God's will. And stop your grumbling. The good news is among you. What strikes me this morning is that even in these times, when these readings that were read for us were written, perhaps especially for the times in which they were written, people were still working on this God stuff, meant with no disrespect. They were still working on what was God all about? What did God have to do with us? What did God want from us? How would God treat us? What should we expect? How should we behave? Who is this God and how do we come into the picture? And what the authors from the Psalmist to Paul and Ephesians and to John this morning, what they all say I think in their writings is, this takes work. Most everything, takes work, including me cleaning my shower. Not too long ago, I spent one of those days cleaning everything in sight. This included the tiles in the bathroom, the walls, the floor, the tub, the shower. I was so sore when I was done, I decided I never wanted to have to clean like that again. And one of the decisions I made from that day forward was that when I was finished with the shower every morning, every morning, without exception, no excuses, I was going to squeegee the walls and the glass and the top so that I never had to clean it like that again. I had had enough of the slime and the daily tasks now had added to them along with shaving and brushing and vitamins, repetitive tasks that I really don't like very much. squeegee (laughs) But I have to tell you, you know what? After weeks of a little work each day, it is spotless. No soap, no scum, no traces of mildew, nothing. Now, I don't know if I could say that I have come to like squeegeeing every day, But it has become a habit, and it seems to go more quickly, more often than not. And I do like the results, so I just keep doing it, putting aside the aversion to it, putting aside the time it takes, and putting aside the excuses so that I don't have to do it. This morning's Gospel reading and the Psalm and the letter from Paul to the Ephesians, I think, in one way, are all apart these daily parts of lifelong repetitive processes of recognizing what needs to be done, doing it, and putting aside all of the aversions to whatever it is that needs to be done. And this takes work. It took work for the apostles, the disciples, and everyone else to do this. And I sometimes forget this whole idea that, you know, it wasn't this very idyllic setting where everybody had all of these things and they didn't have to work at them. And maybe you do too. Maybe you think it was a different time where everybody got this. Well, it seems people have been working on this from the very first moment that they became aware that there was a God in some way to this day and to our sitting here together. Now, I was brought up with saints. Anybody here brought up with saints besides me? When I was a kid, there were saints all around for every occasion, every day, every hour, every meal. This morning I went online, to Catholic Online, with the question, how many saints are there? In the A's alone, there were 983 saints. (laughs) There are more than 5,000 saints listed in Catholic Online from a 2Z, literally. Now, there's no official saint listed for today, figures, but yesterday there was, and it was St. Clair. In the 1970s, on a trip to visit a friend of mine who was studying in pre-med school in Perugia in in Italy, I wandered into La Chiesa di Santa Chiara, the, the Basilica di Santa Chiara which is the chapel or the Basilica of St. Clair and when I wandered downstairs, I found this crypt where her bones, her skeleton was perfectly intact and there she was. And this whole notion of sainthood and the power of sainthood was reinforced that day wandering in this basement area suddenly going, whoops. She later, a little bit about her, she was the person who began the Order of the Poor Ladies in Assisi, later became known as the Order of St. Clair. And these stories about saints, about their bones, about the relics, about the things they did, the saint, saint stories, as I call them were stories about people like St. Clair who gave over their riches to the poor in God's name, who were steadfast in their prayer and their relationship and dedication and meditation with God and Jesus and Mary and the Spirit. These were part of my everyday life from five until about 16, 17. And I still remember a good deal of this more than 50 years later. It was powerful stuff. And the powerful message that I got over and over and over was to be like these saints. I remember the nuns, be a saint. The problem was that as inspiring as these stories were, they were also romanticized. They became mythical in a way to help people out of times of trouble, frequently blending the need for the day in recounting the narrative, and blurring the factual and the historical to adapt it to the times in which the story were being told. Much like today's Bible, saints' lives were never meant to be historical, but inspirational, to touch us in a way that otherwise would be left untouched. It is part of living, revealing the presence of God all around us through these stories, through the Bible, and through other relationships we have. Now, my comments today are not so much about saints, but about how we can be so impressed in our early lives with devotions and stories that rightfully humble us, but that aspirationally we begin to seek unrealistic expectations of who and what we are supposed to be because of these stories. We become dulled by the obsession of being perfect, missing out on the mystery and wonder of being gloriously in God's care and all that means to us and the others who know us. You know, I never recall anyone in those early days of going to school saying to me, God will make of anyone God wants a saint. So you don't have to worry about it. There's nothing you have to do. Those who set out to be a saint, generally are going to end up being disappointed. So don't try to be a saint. Try to be who you are, living as faithfully as you can. Leave the rest to God. I never remember hearing that. Now, it could have been said to me, and maybe I forgot. But I could have used that message reinforced more if it were said. Just believe, they might have said. Just believe and do your best to help others and follow others who do these things. The rest will come. Be patient. And as John, Jesus says in John, stop your grumbling. If I was told that, I didn't hear or I didn't understand it. What I remember is I had to be perfect to please God just like the saints. Later, I discovered, as we all did, that the saints were as human as we. But by that time, the revelation just added to the confusion and the contradiction. Confusion and contradiction that so permeates institutions, especially those that try to represent spiritual life in the presence of a loving God, that those institutions, even those which we call Christian, quickly seem as though something is broken and has been for a long time. But I digress. Once more, the point of these comments this morning and in these readings, is that there is no state of perfection or perfect peace that I know of. In fact, I don't think there ever has been. It has always been an approximation, a path to such a place that we follow. We look back at the time of the Psalms, and in this case, Psalm 130, and we see anything but those idyllic conditions. Out of the depths, I cry to you. And we find people no happier about waiting then for peace as for now. No happier about waiting for serenity or calm than for now. No happy about waiting, period. Paul says, let's have no more lies. Let's have no more stealing. Say only what will give grace to your listeners. Try to imitate God. Become a saint, maybe, he was saying. Well, in the early Christian church, anyone who followed Jesus was referred to as a saint. You're grumbling, you who are saints, he might have said. You who have Jesus among you, stop your grumbling. Stop the noise. Even if you do not see what is here, what Jesus has shown you, what you know in your hearts as well as have seen and heard with your eyes and your ears, even if you can't get it with being that close to what's going on, stop the grumbling. Stop the complaining. Listen again. Again, let me tell you, I am the bread of life. We are all of the same loaf. If you follow me and believe, we are all of the same loaf. Stop your grumbling. Follow. Do the work that needs to be done. And the rest knowing that your soul can wait upon God. Rest. Do the work. Know that you can wait upon God. That you don't have to force, defy, or insist upon God in your life. Be present to God. Don't look for an end. What's so hard about that? Well, gee, Jesus, you mean i got to do that every day? Yes, just like cleaning your shower every day. Yes, but what is so hard about letting go? you think you're in charge, Jesus might have said? You're not in charge. You are in, with a capital L, love. You're not in charge. You're in love. God is love. So quit aching and live in love and share in this bread of life that I bring to you. Share in this cup of drink, this drink that will satisfy the deepest yearning of your hearts and souls and know that you will always be with me and my Abba God and Spirit, we're all together. So yes, do this every day. Pray, rest, recline in this love and stop grumbling. Quit stealing, lying, cheating, arguing, fighting, being envious, greedy, afraid, stop. You mean we can really live like that? Won't the world fall apart? Won't people take everything away from us? Won't we end up like the hole in the donut? I don't know if they had donuts then, but you know, the hole in the donut, nothing's there. Jesus might have said, relax. Try it. Every day. Don't worry about mistakes or being perfect or a saint. Every day, try it. Don't worry. I am with you. Try to be still and know that I am God. I am with you all. You'll be fine. I promise. And of all the things Jesus ever said in the gospel that is reported or written, and some of it which we wonder about what it meant or did not mean, the one thing I can tell you for sure is that I know that Jesus has never lied to us, ever, you'll be fine. Trust me, saints, he might have said, for all I say is true, come, come to this table when we eat and remember all that I have said and all we have done, you'll feel better after we have sucked together, as we will feel better on this day as well. Yes coming together in worship and prayer and song and a meal, and God's great and ever-present and abundant love. And if you don't think it's true that you can let yourself go into the presence of God and let God direct and guide you and your heart, if you don't think that it's true that you can stop trying to be perfect, And insist upon what it is you are supposed to be getting in the way of what it is God is attempting to help you to become. If you find it difficult to believe that you are in the presence of God, in love, not in charge, then just act as if you do. And wait and see what happens. Amen.